Welcome back to Voices of Arlington, the podcast that uncovers the remarkable stories of those laid to rest in Arlington National Cemetery. Today, we're going to dive into a unique aspect of Arlington, the international figures who found their final resting place in this hallowed ground. These individuals made significant contributions and left an indelible mark on history. I'm your host, Dave Kopp. As always, it's great to be with you this afternoon as I record this on a sunny Friday afternoon here in the first couple of days of February of 2024. Our first international figure is Francis D. Milne, a flight officer with the Royal Australian Air Force. In the Second World War, Francis was attached to the 6th Transport Carrier Squadron in the 1st Administrative Wing, the United States Army Air Force. Francis died in a flying battle over New Guinea in 1942, and Francis is buried in Section 34. Francis was the co-pilot of a Douglas C-47 aircraft. The nickname of the aircraft was Swamp Rat, taking part in operations between Wangela Airfield and Dobadura Airfield in New Guinea. Shortly after takeoff from Dobadura Airfield, bound for Ward's Drome, Francis's aircraft was intercepted at low level by an enemy fighter and subsequently shot down. The C-47 was seen to burst into flames before hitting the ground with no survivors. In 1990, the remains of Flight Officer Milna and Technical Sergeant Paul of the United States Army Air Force were discovered at the crash site. Both remains were unidentifiable separately. As a result, both Flight Officer Milna and Technical Sergeant Paul were buried together in the same casket in Section 34. As far as I know, Francis is the only Australian buried in Arlington National Cemetery. I encourage you, if you have the opportunity, to do a little bit of reading about Francis. He was a remarkable young man. He was married just a year or so prior to leaving for the war. Anyway, if you have that opportunity, as I said, he just seems, and not surprising, just a, a remarkable young man, and I think you'd enjoy reading about him. Anna Maria Lane was a young Englishwoman who found herself on board the USS Constitution during the War of 1812, specifically during an at-sea battle with HMS Java. The USS Constitution, also known as Old Ironsides, is a 
historic U.S. Navy frigate famous for its victories in the War of 1812. Anna Lane was married to the wife of an American sailor, gunner's mate John Lane, who was serving on board the Constitution. Anna Lane is often cited as an example of the presence of women on naval vessels during this era. The story goes that during this battle with HMS Java, John Lane was wounded. And while Anna was taking on the task of helping to care for the wounded, she was also carrying powder to the guns. Her presence on the ship and her actions during the battle have become part of the lore surrounding the Constitution in the War of 1812. Now, it's important to note that the details about Anna Lane and her specific role during the battle may be based on some loose historical accounts and folklore, so the accuracy of the details, of course, may vary. Nevertheless, Anna's story is often mentioned as an example of the courage and resilience displayed by individuals associated with the Constitution during significant naval engagements in the War of 1812. Anna Lane's story, specifically as an immigrant who became part of American naval history, is commemorated in Section 15 of Arlington. Field Marshal Sir John Greer Dill was a British military commander who played a significant role during the Second World War. Sir John Dill was born on the 25th of December of 1881 in Lurgan, County Armagh, Ireland, now Northern Ireland. He received his education at Cheltenham College in the Royal Military Academy, Sandhurst. Sir John began his military career in the British Army and during the First World War, he served on the Western Front, where he earned a reputation for his leadership skills and abilities. After the war, he held various staff and instructional positions. During the interwar years, Dill continued to rise through the ranks. He attended the Imperial Defense College and held staff positions in India and the United Kingdom. His strategic acumen and leadership abilities led to his promotion and recognition within military circles. At the outbreak of World War II in 1939, Dill was appointed as the Chief of the Imperial General Staff, the professional head of the British Army. In this role, he worked closely with Prime Minister Winston Churchill and other Allied leaders to coordinate military strategy. In 1941, Sir John was appointed as a British representative to the Combined Chiefs of Staff, which brought together the top military leaders of the United States and the United Kingdom. He played a crucial role in building and maintaining the Allied coalition, working alongside figures like General George C. Marshall and General Sir Alan Brooke. Tragically, 
Sir John Dill did not live to see the end of the war. He passed away on the 4th of November, 1944, in Washington, D.C. Sir John Dill's contributions to the Allied war effort, particularly in his diplomatic and coordination roles, were vital in shaping the strategy and success of the Allied forces during the Second World War. Sir John Dill was posthumously awarded the United States Army Distinguished Service Medal in 1944. He also received an unprecedented joint resolution of the United States Congress appreciating his services. The equestrian statue on Sir John Dill's grave in Section 21 at Arlington is one of only two at the cemetery. The other is Major General Philip Cummings. In Section 3, we can find Angus Alexander McIntosh, Captain, Royal Horse Guards. Captain McIntosh was serving as Honorary Assistant Military Attaché in Washington, D.C. in 1918. He died on the 18th of October of that year during the influenza pandemic. Buried in Section 17 is Deckhand Herbert Thomas of the Mercantile Marine Reserve. Herbert was the son of Mrs. F.A. Morgan of Liverpool, England. He was serving on board the HMS Warrior when in 1918, while the ship was in Washington, he also passed away due to influenza. Alongside Herbert Thomas are fellow shipmates William Kelly and Joseph Browse, both deckhands and both of the Mercantile Marine Reserve. William passed away in 1918, a week before Herbert, and Joseph passed away in January 1919. Joseph was the son of Jay Prowse of Bluelands House, South Queensferry, Scotland. William, the son of Richard Kelly of Poplar, London, England. Both young men died from influenza. 
In all, five British sailors and two British Marines from the armed yacht Warrior are buried at Arlington. Six in Section 17. Second Engineer Harold Davis, Royal Navy, is buried in Section 15A. Harold was the husband of Mrs. Davis of Eddington, St. Helens, Isle of Wight. The final individual I'd like to highlight today is Yuchi Okamoto, a Japanese-American photographer known for his work capturing the presidency of Lyndon B. Johnson. His incredible photographs of the Johnson administration have become a significant part of American visual history. Okamoto's contribution is honored in Section 17. Okamoto was a native of Yonkers, New York. He attended Roosevelt High School and Colgate University then served in the U.S. Army Signal Corps. During part of his time in the Second World War, he was the official photographer of General Mark Clark. After the war, he joined the United States Information Agency, and in 1955, curator Edward Steichen chose Okamoto's U.S. Information Service photograph of Harold Kreutzberg for the World Touring Museum of Modern Art exhibition, The Family of Man. The Family of Man was an ambitious exhibition of 503 photographs from 68 countries curated by Steichen, the director of the New York Museum of Modern Art's Department of Photography. In 1961, Okamoto was invited to accompany then-Vice President Lyndon B. Johnson on a trip of Berlin as his official photographer. Admiring the photography from the trip, the Vice President requested that Okamoto be used for future events. And when Johnson became President, he asked Okamoto to become the official photographer for the White House, which Okamoto accepted on condition that he would have unlimited access to the President. He was finally known as Oki and was given unprecedented access to the Oval Office. He captured images of the President of the United States more candid than had previously been acceptable. Because of his ability to be present at almost any event, more photos of the Johnson presidency are available than from any earlier term of office. He took an estimated 675,000 photographs during the Johnson presidency. The 1990 coffee table book LBJ, The White House Years by Harry Middleton consists primarily of images taken by Okamoto. After finishing at the White House, as the official photographer, Okamoto opened a private photo finishing business called Image Incorporated. He was located in Washington and he worked alongside his wife, Paula Okamoto. And again, Okamoto's grave is in section 17. 
These international figures interred in Arlington National Cemetery exemplify the diverse and interconnected history of this revered place. Their presence serves as a testament to the global impact and significance of Arlington. Well, thanks for joining me today on this episode of Voices of Arlington. My, my goal in this podcast is simply to lend a voice to those that are laid to rest or commemorated at Arlington. And as we kick off 2024, the first episode in 2024, my, my intent is to try to do a podcast every three to four weeks, so about once a month. So I'll be back soon with some more captivating stories as we try to provide voices from those that are at Arlington. Feel free to reach out to me to discuss content, ask questions, suggest topics, any, anything you'd like. Happy to uh, speak with you or to, to communicate with you via email, text, what have you. And if you want to be on the show, I'm happy to uh, bring you in on it. It's too easy, too easy. It'd be great to hear from you, of course. So commit to courage at gmail.com is me. That's how you can reach me. That's uh, commit, the number two, courage at gmail.com. Until then, this is Dave Kopp signing off. Keep your head on a swivel. Please Continue to be healthy, and as always, keep smiling. All the best to you.